0: really well, Steve. I don't know whether you've got a tough internet connection there or not, but the, sounds, uh, the pictures are coming through, but the sound sounds a little bit wobbly on that one. 18 points to 12, the final score in that uh, Panthers versus Souths game. A um, little bit scrappy at times. Um, the fact that it was at Cogger was significant as well. Um, uh, and not being played out of Campbelltown Stadium, which was um, uh, reasons for that were worrying over the surface. It has had a lot of traffic, of course, um, but lots to talk about this afternoon slash this evening. Stephen? Yeah.
1: Yeah, there is uh, news breaking just in the last few hours that uh, the the Australian Rugby League Commission airing talks with the New Zealand Rugby Union for that that old chestnut, the cross-code chestnut, uh, kangaroos, the um, all-blacks... Um, and uh, it would happen first weekend in December if it happens. And of course, all the old arguments come up. Uh, Sean Johnson saying all blacks would flog the Australian Rugby League team and then people making fun of uh, Sean Johnson. So, um, yeah, there a, there's. A, before we continue with that, I just uh, a word on uh, Simon Cooper, who started Rugby League in Germany. Uh, um, a friend of mine who, um, who sadly passed away uh, overnight after a long and, and brave uh, battle with cancer. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you know, to me, those those are my heroes—the uh, people who go into areas where no one knows what rugby league is. There's no glamour uh, involved, uh, and they just uh, spend their lives pretty much uh, trying to uh, make everyone else see what they can see. So, um, yep. uh, Simon, you'll be, you'll be you'll be deeply missed. Uh, but um, yep. Yep. yeah, yeah, well that's, it's an interesting well one, Jimmy. Um, an interesting one, um, uh, Jimmy. Uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, possible fixture?
0: Well, the biggest issue. Um... Is the rules that they play under okay? If we go back to nineteen ninety six when Wigan played Bath, I think they played two separate games. So that it was it was um, rugby league one week and then uh, which Wigan won very comfortably. I think they scored a hundred, um, and then Bath won the rugby union game, not as convincingly the next week. But you know things like lineouts, things like contested scrums, and all that. How many? How many? Um, how many phases of play are the All Blacks allowed? You know, how many numbers of players on the field? Okay, who's the, what's the positions of the players who aren't on the field? And, um, there's lots to go through. But in saying that, there's also lots of reasons why it can go ahead. And I think you know, the two outstanding sides of rugby at an international level are the Kangaroos and the All Blacks. It's a, it literally is a promoter's dream. Um, Where it happens, when it happens Remains to be seen But December 5 works on the schedule Of both teams And the other thing about it is What COVID-19 has thrown up in 2020 Is why not try something Out of the ordinary Um, The All Blacks have lost a lot of revenues Based around games they would have been playing At this time Uh, The Kangaroos have lost the Ashes um, The the Ashes tour That they were going to go on uh, To England So from that point of view, if you're ever going to do it, this is the year to do it.
1: You say that, but actually, for now it's just as kind of a promoter's dream and a bit of a kind of a circus type thing. Uh, it probably would have been better off happening, you know, before 2005 when Australia lost the Tri-Nations uh, to, when they hadn't been beaten for 27 years. Um, you know, whereas now Australia's last start was a defeat to a tier two nation. So from the point of view of timing. Um, the point of view of the timing from a promoter's point of view, it's not ideal. It's only ideal commercially because of COVID-19. And if you remember a few years ago, um, you know, the RFL had a discussion about England uh, rugby league playing the Wallabies in rugby union uh, because they both needed the money. And that, and that, that was, uh, that was something that was discussed, you know, maybe I think four, four years ago. Um, I am neither enthusiastic or, or, I'm not enthusiastic either way. I'm not kind of like, I'm not super like excited by the possibility of it. And I'm not super against it either. You know, um, the one thing about rules is that as we know, there is a hybrid rule book, um, which, which is uh, Phil Franks, uh, involved for many years at the Manly club was involved in drawing up where, when you cross halfway, the rules change when you go back. So I don't, I I don't have that rule book in my head, but I know that the halfway line uh, is involved. So, um, you know, I think it's interesting. I wonder, and one of the people, um, we had a guest uh, who wasn't able to come on, unfortunately. And one of the people I thought about getting on would be was the Rugby League and Rugby Union historian, Tony Collins. Because there, there have been times in the history of the codes where these sort of matches have actually been markers. They've been milestones. And they've had an enormous impact on the directions of the games afterwards. And then there have been other instances where these games have meant nothing. They've just been to make a bit of money for a bit of a laugh. And I just wonder, I I really wanted to hear what Tony Collins' thoughts would be on which which, um, um, category this game would fall into, given the Australian Rugby Union are in financial difficulties. Um, You know, I just wonder whether it could lead to some sort of, um, you know, change in relation between the coach. Uh,
0: Well, it comes on the back of... uh... Was it Malcolm Knox who wrote in the Sydney Morning Herald about a month ago about you know, the time for the two codes to come together? It certainly makes sense from an Australian perspective, but from an international perspective, it makes no sense because there is no basically other, other rugby code to, to, to uh, join with uh, rugby union that exists in far more countries at a significant level than, than rugby league. Um, and the thing about all those questions that this game is not going to answer <laughs> because no one will be satisfied with the outcome. If 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 the All Blacks lose, then they'll say, yes, but the rules favoured the league team. And if the league team lose, they'll say, yes, but the rules favoured the rugby union team. So I, I don't think it's going to answer any questions from that perspective. It's just entertainment. So take it as that. It's just yeah. entertainment. and And to think about, you know, you talked about well, well, maybe um, England rugby league. We're going to play the Wallabies. Expect that to be announced very shortly after, if this is to be successful in getting well, off the ground.
1: That's the thing, and that's the thing, and 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 the, probably the aspect that, that that people don't understand is the myriad contracts that both. Why why is there still two codes when they're both professional? The main reason is money and and contractual commitments. You know, the the ARLC has. Um, um, to provide cert- has a contract to provide certain services to sponsors and broadcasters. Rugby Australia, you know, maybe not as many contracts anymore as they'd like, but they have the same. And you know, the rugby, you know, the International Rugby League Federation has its contracts, and then World Rugby have theirs, and that's the reason there are two codes because professionalism is the reason for the break, and professionalism is not an issue anymore. So to bring these, uh, to bring one team from each side together it's like marvel and dc it's like we're doing a heroes movie with marvel and dc characters all in together it's just legal boundaries are broken down then the boundaries really the reason there are still two codes
0: yeah, and, and and you look at the situation with uh, that Jordan Rapina faced earlier this year. You know, he went over there to play rugby union for Panasonic Wild Knights, couldn't get a game because there's only a certain number of uh, imports that were allowed to play, and um, he wasn't making that side. And then the season was abandoned because of COVID 19. And then he comes back to Canberra, having been fully paid his money by Pan. They, they got paid out completely their contract by Panasonic Wild Knights. So he, he went to the Canberra Raiders and said, oh, I'll play for whatever you got. And whatever they got wasn't much, but yeah. didn't matter. He, he was he was still in front, and and the Raiders were in front. The only one to suffer were the Panasonic Wild Knights, um, who yeah. weren't able to get their competition away. Um, yeah, I, I think if 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 we get confirmation of this game, and by the way, the articles that I've read on this haven't mentioned who is the promoter, so I don't know whether Phil Franks is behind that, but um, that would be interesting to determine. Um, then I think there'd be a lot of other games that you could fall in line with that. Uh, whether it be on the same weekend at the same venue um, in, in a similar vein, then I, I think it'd, it'd just be a free-for-all.
1: Yeah, Jimmy, but that's my point exactly. If you get to the point where you keep the Telecasters on both sides, the, the Kangaroos um, uh, contract holders and the All Blacks contract holders, uh, if you keep them all happy, right... Uh, and then it's, it's, it's like the end of the Super League war in 1998. If you get Optus and you get Optus and Telstra to split the telecasting of the games um, and, and you, you, you get out of necessary sponsorship contracts, then the damn wall comes down. And when I say damn wall, I'm I'm not cursing, uh, but the damn wall comes down and, and, um, and suddenly all the, the only reason there are two codes is, is because they have different administrations now. That's it. Right. Because, because um, sevens and, and sevens and fifteens, by an accident of history, happens to be run by one body, and thirteens and nines, by an accident of history, lost in the in the industrial north of England in the nineteenth century, happens to be run by a different side. And the thing that keeps them separate is their respective contractual obligations. Now, right. if, they, if you if you find a way around those contractual obligations, then there's nothing to keep them separate anymore. So I, you know, and, and, I, and as, as I said, we this, say,
0: as we say, now, 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 is the time. Now
1: is yeah. Time. But I'm not sure it's a good. Uh, we discussed this on the show before. I'm not sure. I'm, you know, it's a great thing if there's suddenly one code of rugby run by one administration. I, I'm not sure I'd be a fan of it or I'd watch it. But, but nevertheless, um, some other news breaking uh, here, uh, Jimmy. So the, the League One and Championship clubs are currently meeting. Um, to discuss the possibility of returning. A lot of people think they just won't return uh, because of the cost of, of doing so with no fans, et cetera. Tomorrow, it was foreshadowed that there might be an announcement today um, that Super League uh, would be back. And we heard the date uh, last week with Gareth Carvel of uh, August 16. That meeting, which could lead to that announcement, is tomorrow. So uh, we could have uh, confirmation that Super League is back tomorrow.
0: So we heard it here first a week
1: ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't really hear it here first. It was the first person you could put a name to the date. Um, the date had been floating around for a while, but it was all in these unsourced uh, stories. So, it, it, it had the date was floating around, but no one, um, no one is really that happy to put their name to anything in the current environment uh, here. So, um, and, uh, yeah, and that was, what that was, was the,
0: your what was your take on League One and Championship coming back? We, given the fact that, and, and explain this to the people who are listening, perhaps outside of. Uh, and watching outside of the UK. And that is the reliance on crowds for revenue, as opposed to in Australia, where there's the reliance on the broadcast revenue as the majority uh, of income.
1: Well, the bottom line is uh, really that um, Sky have the rights to Championship and League One, but don't show it. They show the summer bash, uh, they'll show some playoffs, and that's it. So basically, the Super League clubs earn the money that dribbles down to League One and Championship. There's a furloughing scheme here where the government's paying 80% of people's wages. So it's, it's actually Super League who had to go in, take, you know, take a hit for the team. Super League had to go back and play so that the lower divisions get their money. They actually don't um, uh, generate enough money themselves pretty much to stay afloat. I mean, League One, um, they don't get a lot of money from central funding, so they do pretty well themselves. But, um, uh, you know, having games with no spectators... Uh, um, and then having the players back at work a minute before they, they have to be, because those clubs, financially, it's in their interest to keep the players out and getting paid by the government as long as possible. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. So um, there was, uh, my understanding is there's a small group of clubs who really want to play. Um, you know, Lee, for instance, whose owner Derek Beaumont wants to go back up to Super League. He wants to get back on the pitch as soon as possible. Um, but then again, we will find out tomorrow if there is any promotion or relegation. So, um, if there's no, if there's no relegation in super league this year, Jimmy, then there's no really that that incentive for the top championship clubs to go back to playing disappears.
0: I would be surprised if they would say that relegation and promotion exists uh, during the course of this year. Um, notwithstanding the, um, the impact that would have on those top championship clubs that are, obviously that's their greatest aim throughout the course of the year. So, um, uh, it, players coming back a minute before they're um, due to play is massive risk of injury too. Um, associated no, no,
1: it's more, no, 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 that, no, you I misunderstood my point. Players coming back a minute before that will, that will make the club take over their payments. So in other words, the players in the lower... What depth, if they're training? Us- aren't they... Aren't they- if they're back training, no, no, the government. The government tells them when they can go back to training, and the, and the, and the clubs won't do it and even push it until the government says they do. So there's there's stage return and there's return to training, and I believe socially distant training might is already back, uh, or it's on the verge of coming back. And then there's a return to playing. Okay, and 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 the same goes for every business. You can keep getting the benefit of the furlough for for the same period as any other business. So what I'm saying is the clubs in the lower divisions want the government to keep paying the players' wages as long as possible. And that is more important to most of them than returning to the pitch.
0: I saw a lovely photo of Brighton Beach, which looks lovely, but dear me, there was thousands and thousands of people on it, but, um, which is obviously costly. Yeah, they were I'm out,
1: mate, You know what they were doing? They were out there. They were out there surfing the second wave, unfortunately. You know, like that, that's what's going to happen.
0: Yes, very that's good. Very good. That's not bad from you. And uh, well, it's not good, but um, it's not bad from you. Not funny. It's not funny, but it's but it's
1: but it's. I think it rings true. Uh,
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, quickly. uh, Panthers v Souths didn't quite get going, did they? Uh, The South Sydney Rabbitohs. The Panthers were good. Cleary um, was excellent. Uh, Really controlled by the goal kicking. I was going to say, excluding his goal kicking. Uh, late try to Alex Johnson. He seems to be scoring tries. Uh, back to that try scoring uh, at will um, of late. But uh, yeah, he was uh, he was um, a late try scorer for them. They, they just didn't quite seem into the game. The South Sydney Rabbitohs at different stages. I thought Penrith controlled it really well.
1: Um, yeah, I, yeah. It was it was. I liked. I, I enjoyed watching because I thought it had the right balance between sort of set plays and structure and spontaneous play. And I think some of the games so since the resumption have been all of one and not enough of the other. And I, I thought from a spectacle point of view, it was quite entertaining. Uh, but Souths just seem a little bit off the pace. Uh, Penrith, I believe, moving into the competition lead um, with that victory, they look re- really, really strong. Um, it's, it's funny how you just find that find that combination. And I don't think even... Coaches and recruitment managers think they know the recipe, but, but really, do they? You know what I mean? Sometimes you, you know, it just happens, and Penrith just seemed to have it at the moment.
0: As individuals, uh, the way they play the game, Cleary and Luai are really well suited because it's almost exactly how you described it. It's no surprise that in a Penrith game, there was a little bit of structure and a little bit of um, play what you see because Cleary is structure. Luai is play what you see. Yeah, so that, mm-hmm. that I think they're a really nice balance. They've played a lot of footy together coming through the grades, um, both outstanding juniors. So uh, yeah, they they look good. And and
1: Daly M points three Daly M points uh, from me for Craig Catterick, the uh, Penrith trainer. He was uh, on on screen more than anyone else during the course of the night. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know if he gets a win, he gets a win bonus. He deserves one, but three Daly M points for me.
0: Okay, uh, eighteen eight points to twelve, the Panthers over the Rabbitohs, and they go to. Top of the league, as you mentioned. Stephen Kearney was sacked last Saturday. We called the game on NRL Nation on Friday. That was the Rabbitohs versus Warriors game. And and at the time, we made mention of it, but didn't consider it perhaps how important it was. And that was that Tony Iroh was delivering the halftime speech and Stephen Kearney was standing behind him. Um, Within 24 hours, Stephen Kearney had been told by management, Cameron George, the CEO, that he was to be relieved of his position and had told the players. And from what I understand, a really emotional farewell, um, which is understandable because, as you would know, Steve, Stephen Kearney's one of the great uh, great gentlemen of the game.
1: Yeah, he is. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's been around with the Kiwis for a long time and, uh, and, and people were very much focused on... Um, um, you know, the fact that the Warriors were in an adversarial situation they're away from their families. Uh, people expect, they're everyone's second favourite team, people expect them to struggle anyway. And so the idea that um, Stephen Kearney would be um, sacked at the height of a crisis appalled a lot of people. I did see a, um, a story by Tony Adams suggesting that um, um, it was uh, it was Isaac Moses' suspension that actually prompted it because Isaac allegedly, according to the mole, Isaac Moses had said, well, you know, if you get rid of Stephen Kearney, then I'm pulling players out of there and blah, 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 blah. So, um, the op- according to that report, the the opportunity to sack Stephen Kearney arose with, with Isaac Moses um, having his uh, um, agent uh, licence rescinded. Uh, so, uh, yeah, um, um, it is so unfortunate. He'll, he'll, have a right have, of a, uh,
0: he'll have a right of appeal on that one. And if he wins the appeal, I'm presuming he's pulling those players out.
1: Yeah, it'll be pretty obvious, won't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, from what I understand, Stephen Kearney will uh, turn up at the Brisbane Broncos uh, under the uh, uh, with Anthony Seabold. who is managed by
1: um, Isaac Moses.
0: Well done, Stephen. Joining the dots on that one. Um,
1: Hull as well. Hull have been, Hull have been uh, mentioned as well. So uh, yeah,
0: okay, possible... okay. Um, it, you know, there's one there's one way to look at it, and, and and I initially took that view. You know, like what a what a really tough decision at an possible time for that team given what they've been through and then the other way to look at it is you think if if they need to make a change if they if that if they realize that Stephen kearney is not the coach for them why wait until the end of this year or to a point when the teams are back with their families or you know i thought okay if you think of it from remember this is not the management team that signs Stephen kearney this is not the ownership group so From that point of view, you think, oh, okay, that's interesting. Wayne Bennett's been linked with the job. He's been linked with the Dragons' job. He's been linked with the Bulldogs' job. Wouldn't surprise me if he turned up at North Queensland. So he's busy, Wayne. Um, What's incredible to think is that a man who is 70 years of age is still in such high demand when this is new territory for someone of his age to be coaching an NRL team.
1: Yeah, um, but I think it speaks a little bit to the world we live in now um, where everyone is risk-averse and basically those premierships, um, they give the people who employ him um, an out, justification. It's not their fault. Look at his record. You know, um, we, we live in a um, world where people, are, are, you know, as I said, very risk-averse and it's all about box ticking and criteria and uh, optics and all that sort of thing and And that has more um, 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 currency than it has in the entire history of rugby league in Australia now in the corporate in corporate in the corporate world. so a guy who is still active who isn't completely a car crash and who has a, an impressive a, a, and, and who has an impressive uh, c v um, is going to get um, more opportunities now than ten twenty thirty years ago because um, as I said, all those reasons—the LinkedIn, the whole LinkedIn world—where you know it's all about, you know, I've done this and I've done that, and and uh, and this guy's got great credentials. Um, um, you know that that is more important than it's ever been.
0: So Phil Economides would not get a start in 2020 in the National Rugby League. Is that what you're saying?
1: Uh, I have it on—I have it on good authority from Phil that if he does, I get a percentage. So,
0: uh... <laughs> Well then, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Tooby has been linked as well. I thought that was interesting. I don't know who did the linking, whether it's the Warriors or Jeff, but um, his name's been thrown up. There's, there seems to be a lot of coaches. If we go through it, Dean Pay. Um, my information is that John Bateman has said to the Bulldogs, "Yeah, I'll I'll come to you if you employ Sean Wayne." Uh, as your coach. So, um, you know, that, those drums are booting around Dean Pay. Obviously, Paul McGregor. And that is the
1: opposite. That's the opposite. Sean Wayne's appointment would be a risk, particularly given the view of Super League in Australia where a lot of people just don't rate it. Um, and so Sean Wayne would be, um, it'll be a brave board, a brave uh, chief executive, uh, someone who's willing to put their job on the line uh, for the success of a club who'd appoint um, Sean Wayne. And who's what was Adam O'Brien then? Yeah, he was. He was definitely the same. Yeah, but but again, again, you know, the whole being in. uh, I would say that having been an assistant coach to Craig Bellamy would rank higher with your average NRL board member than having Coach Wigan to multiple titles.
0: Yeah, which is strange, right? The, the incredible thing about Adam O'Brien—he had eleven years in the system, uh, ten at Melbourne and, and one at the Roosters in, in a system—and was never the head coach once, of any team.
1: Yeah,
0: of any wow. team. Wow. So, so yeah. So yeah. You, you you know we know that the assistant coach role is very different to the head coach role, very very yeah. different at NRL level, but even at a even at a Canterbury Cup level or a uh, under twenties level, he was never that person. So the Newcastle Knights took a risk that they were uh risk happy <laughs>
1: going to going to work in melbourne under craig bellamy is like doing one of these diplomas it costs a fortune but you're guaranteed a job and when you graduate it's like almost you could almost pay the storm for the year or two you're there That you could pay them because it's like you're guaranteed you're guaranteed a job when you get out
0: Stephen kearney kevin walters anthony sebold um, Michael Maguire uh, Dean Pay Jason, Jason Riles coming up Jason so, Riles will, will probably <laughs> be the next cab Off the rank and, and you're quite right about that They co- they talk about family um, Family trees right The, the, the coaches mm-hmm. family trees and if you look at Warren Ryan's it's incredible Back in those days you didn't have assistant coaches but you Had players that you influence So he had a number of players that went on To be coaches um, They talk about uh there's a book from the US, I'm trying to think, uh, Sidney uh, Finkelstein wrote it and uh, talks about super bosses in different uh, industries and the super bosses can be highly demanding um, and really push their employees um, but they're also very encouraging of them to. and, and they realise they can't hold them back so encourage them to continue to go. Um, he identifies um, 10 or 12 in, across all industries um, I think Larry Ellison, uh, the founder of Oracle, who's I think he's like sixth richest man in the world. Um, of the 11 people who were uh, his vice presidents in his, in his company, uh, nine of them went on to be CEOs in their own right of um, big tech companies. Uh, Bill Walsh, the former coach of the San Francisco 49ers, um, in 2016, there were 20 of the 32 coaches in the NFL who had been in Bill Walsh's family tree, coaching tree. It's
1: mm-hmm.
0: just incredible how these, these people can have an impact on it. Craig
1: Bell. But sometimes it. it's also, it isn't, I'm, I'm sure it has a huge bearing on ability, but it also has a, as big a bearing on perception. So you know, you're going to get a chance if you're perceived along the terms, along the lines that you just outlined. If people are talking about you with the way you just talked about those 20 coaches, then you're going to at least get an opportunity.
0: Perception is reality, Stephen. You know that. <laughs> you know that. Um, I still
1: believe in an objective truth. I still believe that uh, just because you don't uh, test for a disease doesn't mean you don't have it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what if you test for a disease and it says you do have it, but you don't, which was the case of Connor McKenna in the AFL. They're thinking, oh, he, he shrugged it off in two days. <laughs> <laughs> it's cost testing them a game. Um,
1: yeah, well, uh, Richard Wilkins has had it about three times, hasn't he, and hasn't had a single symptom yet.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know what uh, Tricky Dickies like though <laughs> Unstoppable um, Speaking of Melbourne the, the second wave that's coming you know, Or it's not coming, is in uh, Victoria at the moment has meant that the Melbourne Storm Relocate, they'll play tomorrow uh, And they'll play against the Warriors um, And then They're staying at, uh, at Olympic Park In Sydney, then the uh, preferred option Is Sunshine Coast um, And play games out of, out of Brisbane Because they've got um, Access to facilities, Um, they're really a fourth Queensland team anyway, Um, and I think a lot of the players would say, well, if we're going to be away from our families, let's do it in in an environment that we're familiar with, and of course, they've they've got um, their junior club or their feeder club, Sunshine Coast Falcons up there as well, so that seems to work for me.
1: Yeah, probably they probably must have parents parents up there as well, yes, and grandparents. Yes, yes. If you're going to be away from your immediate family, let's be closer to my extended family. You know, so yeah, uh, um, yeah it's it, it, it's really interesting. Um, and the, I mean, the crowds, I guess we're we're edging closer, aren't we? I don't. Am I right in saying the cutout cardboard cutouts are gone? They weren't there today, so they're on the way out. The cardboard cutouts?
0: No, the cardboard oh, it was cutouts too late. are the no, the cardboard cutouts are the Penrith Panthers because of the design of the seats at ah. uh, Jubilee Stadium uh, or Net Strata Stadium compared to Campbelltown Stadium, didn't fit in the seats, so they couldn't bring them out. So that that wow. was the reason. So and, and a lot of their signage that the Panthers had been using at their games at Campbelltown didn't work at uh, Net Strata either. So that was the position around that. Uh, as of July, so next round, round eight, um, clubs will allow... Uh, fans back into the stand, they're going to allow um, 25% capacity up to 10,000 people. So if the Broncos play a game at Suncorp, uh, uh, 25% capacity is about 12,500, but they'll be allowed 10,000. And games being played out of Bankwest Stadium, 25% capacity is about 7,500. So that's what teams will be allowed to um, play out of there. I think that there was talk around the Net Strata and... Um, uh, Leichardt Oval because of the hill areas there And with the reduced seating that there'd be a much lower crowd So I think a lot of teams are going to be playing out of Bankwest Stadium um, Which might suffer the same issue that Campbelltown Stadium has suffered With, uh, with all the, uh, the injury or perceived injuries coming from that surface Any other news from the, uh, from the north, Stephen?
1: Well, we, shouldn't, uh, we should mention that uh, James Graham is uh, coming back. That's it, enormous news. When we do get this announcement tomorrow, hopefully with Super League returns in mid-August, we're going to be treated to James Graham's cameo um, uh, at his former clubs in Helens. It's got it's very romantic uh, uh, for the rest of the season. And then, um, and then I understand James Graham, um, well, the reports are, I don't understand. I understand it from reading it, just like everyone else, that uh, he, um, he's going to go back to Australia and, uh, and embark on a, on a media career So if you, as I said on the last week's program If you're going to lose the best forward in the UK mid-season Then uh, replacing him with a club legend um, That's probably about the only thing you can do And that's what I Helens have done
0: uh, Just seeing now too a bit of late news coming through That James Tedesco has been ruled out of that Roosters match um, Following that heavy knock to make a Sivo. So um, that is big news, Uh, big news uh, because it has been so very good for them. Doesn't mean they can't rack up a big score against the Dragons because, as we know, James Tedesco missed the 59 points to zero victory over the Broncos in Melbourne. Um, I'll quickly get your tips before we say goodbye, mate. The Storm up against the Warriors, that's first game tomorrow. Storm. Yeah, I believe that is the case. Uh, Roosters-Dragons.
1: Uh, I want to. I want to just. I want to tip an upset. I want to tip an upset, but I won't. No, the roosters.
0: <laughs> if you're tipping an upset, don't do it in that game. <laughs> 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 um, Cowboys, knights, knights. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I'm going with you. We're all the same at the moment. Broncos, Titans. Now this is interesting.
1: Uh, Titans.
0: Ooh. There's your upset. Um, I'm going to tip the Broncos in that one. Surely, uh, Eels up against the Raiders. Eels, no Nathan Brown. Raiders were poor again last week, and um, the Eels are coming off that the emotional high of playing in a high quality game against the Roosters. Para. Yeah, I'm going Para as well. Sea Eagles, no Tommy T, no Dylan Walker against the Sharks.
1: Oh, Sharks.
0: Seagulls, so Bulldogs, West that's... Tigers. Oh, West Tigers! Yeah, go to the West Tigers. Go to the West Tigers in that one, mate. Um, I think that's it. How's the, how, how how how's
1: things over there for you? I mentioned it's the stinking stuff. hot, mate. It is absolutely stinking hot. Like I'm, I'm going to have to you know maybe open the door of the apartment a little bit of fresh air, and it's uh it's like 30, it must be thirty degrees. Actually, I actually haven't been outside yet, but but it is uh. It's really warm and everyone here wants to make the most of it. So they just drop everything and lay in the gardens and stuff like that because they, you know they don't get a lot of days like this each year. Um, I've got a book to finish, so I'm just inside doing my book. Uh, but um, looking, looking forward to the um, you know, Super League being back and, and us trying to get um, you know, our, uh, our streaming uh, platform up and running and customer-friendly and get people to come in. RugbyLeagueHub.com forward slash register. Sign up for information about uh, the, the games we'll be showing and when we'll be showing them and how you can access them, uh, and and all that sort of stuff. So uh, today's program went out on a couple more platforms. I believe uh, it's live on uh, Daily Motion as well, uh, which is a. I always thought it was a very strange name for the Daily French motion. YouTube. What is that? It's called Daily Motion. Well, you know, to most people, it's something they do in the morning when they get out of bed. But uh, in French, it must mean something different. So okay. it's a French it's a French answer to uh, YouTube um um so yeah anyway and along with uh twitch and uh and, and a bunch of different pages on uh, on facebook uh um with obviously the the um you know the uh, main yep. um yep. flagship that's what i was looking for the flagship uh is obviously is the rugby league hub uh facebook so we want to get as many people aware of uh games uh and of rugby league as possible and, and, and spread the news about our, our service and um, a history-making service for the resumed Super League of uh, showing games that never been available uh, on TV before. <laughs>